It is the first Monday edition of the Chair Shop Podcast of the new decade. Uh, we are, I'd love to say, we're back to our regularly scheduled. I wouldn't go that far. We're back to our semi-regular um, uh, Monday uh, sesh here. Uh, where Sunday did not align for us. We've got a busy uh, show to talk about. We've got all our various guffs, our life guff, our entertainment guff, our wrestle guff. We've got the Royal Rumble to chit-chat about. We're on the road to WrestleMania and all of that. Um, yeah, so uh, lads, how are you doing? Uh, this uh, lovely, well, actually not very lovely, it's quite stormy here in Ireland, this uh, post-Royal Rumble Monday. Hmm. Hmm, yeah, not bad, not bad. Not, 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 not a whole lot going on this week. Uh, pretty quiet. Uh, apart from the good lady, her indoors, birthday. Happy birthday. Um, oh, happy birthday, Michelle. Yeah, woo, birthday, woo. Michelle, for yesterday. Um, spoiled bloody rotten. As you know. <laughs> oh, uh, went out for a lovely um, Italian meal near where we used to live in the flat. Yeah. Mm, and a couple of glasses of the old Mr. Pino Rizzo. Hello. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was that was fun. Then some lovely vegan chocolate cake uh, for for dessert that we bought. So that was pretty good. Um, yeah, we went to a museum as well in the afternoon. Unfortunately, it was pissing down all day yesterday mm. uh, and today. In fact, we had the day off work today, so we've just been kind of mooching about. But yeah, God, fucking brain, go away. Soaked. But uh, That's yeah, how the sound goes. Yeah, yeah. Um, apart from that, yeah, normal, normal one. Still on this vegan thing. Fucking sick of it now. Oh, no. Um, just desperate for a Marks and Spencer's chicken sandwich. Um, and some cheese. That's all I want. Uh, but like, it's only a week. It's five more days. Four more dinners to get through, and then um, I think Saturday gonna have some lovely eggs for breakfast and then some cheese for lunch and then a pizza for dinner so looking forward to that you could do it we're getting there we're getting there boys yeah be strong i mean probably the vegan diet's not gonna help with that the old strength oh uh... no it's helping with the fat belly (laughs) loads of carbs yeah you're saying that the other week there's just carbs 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 yeah, but at least the good kind of carbs. You could be on uh, a bread-only diet or something. I mean, not far. Oh, not really? Far Eating bread, bread and cr- crisps. Don't bread, don't bread have um, eggs in it though? And that no, no. Well, doesn't it? How do you make a bread? It's Bread's got flour. eggs, doesn't it? The eggs. Flour. That... I'm being nodded at here that it does have eggs. Depends on the bread. Depends on the bread. What does that mean? Is there an eggless bread? Mm, I'm not convinced. Most bread is well, why are you not them a second ago then? No, you're confused. <sighs> okay. <laughs> um, oh, I'm in physical pain, lads. Oh God, why? I'm what in did physical. You, what, what, what vegan treat has unsettled you? Oh, I made the mistake of clanging and banging this week, and now I'm sore. I was at the gym yesterday for the first time in. Probably about eight years inside an actual gym, lifting Ooh. actual weights and that. Bloody hell! You know this. This is in conjunction with the old 
diety boo. So I'd be going to the gym maybe three or four times a week. Um, so I went yesterday. I said, "Give me the heaviest weights you got." And then, <laughs> why did? You? When it was oh apparent, God. I couldn't even lift those up. <laughs> and you said, uh, "No, that's too." Hard. I said, "You'd better give me the smallest ones then." <laughs> In fact, don't put any weights on them. Just give me the bar. <laughs> so, honestly, uh, I'm lifting with like the smallest weights they have, which is like a ten kilogram dumbbell. That's the smallest weight they've got. Ten yeah. kilo. Yeah. What kind of gym is this? Uh, Trust me, lad. I'm not. I'm not bankrupted going to this gym. Don't worry about that. <laughs> the steroid gym. <laughs> you gotta be. You gotta have Vince McMahon's approval before going to this gym. So nothing lower than ten k. Given that I'm not the strongest man in the world, um, you know, you know, I've got good leg leg strength. Is it, is right? it still Mark Henry? <laughs> I've got good leg strength. I probably got good belly strength. Because, you know, I, I exercise those two a lot. I do a lot of walking. Like, this week I did clock in 72 kilometers walked in the week, I think. Wow, that's a lot. And, of course, I exercise the belly a lot, putting food in it and that. But the arms don't get much exercise. I've got little weedy arms. So, um, I went and I was lifting the... Uh, I was doing the old bicep exercises uh, this week. Or this week, yesterday. Um, with the old 10Ks. Doing the exercises where you're like lying on your back and kind of pushing them up as you would with like a longer barbell. And then doing the ones where you're sitting kind of more vertically and hoisting them above your head perfectly straight mm. up. You know? mm. So yeah, working yeah. a bit the shoulders, working a bit the, the lats, mm. the back. I was doing some dips. I was doing some uh, some sit-ups and that. And then yesterday I was like, you know what? Not hurting so bad. I expected it was going to hurt me more. Um, my arms were like a little bit dead. I didn't have much energy in the arms after working them out, and then I woke up this, woke up this morning. Ah, I'm in agony. Everything hurts. There was one bit as well where I was after because first we did all the arm stuff, and then we're we we're doing a little bit of core, which is the old belly and that. And I w- I was kind of let myself gently down onto the ground. And I mm. kind of posted my arm to let my weight down. And that arm was saying, Oh, you think I'm holding you up after all that? And I just kind of collapsed onto the floor. Oh, um, but all's going well with the old gym and the old diet. Um, I'm down two kilos, a little bit over two kilos, which is good. Mm. That's mm. like four, I think I'm 4.6 pounds down, all in all. But more importantly... I'm down one notch on the old belt. Ah, that's the real measurement. And that, I'm, uh, that I was very happy with where I put the belt on today as we were going to Bray with the guinea pig down to the vet. Put the belt on. I said, this belt feeling a bit loose. And I oh, I can go to the next one. Great. So I'm very happy with that. Um, let me tell you what I had for my dinner yesterday, lads. You'll be impressed. Oh, go on. Go on yeah. Big old greasy takeaway replaced by... Oh, yeah. Swerve. I had a lovely chicken fillet with some carrots. I ate a whole head of lettuce, oh. <laughs> and I had a whole head of lettuce. <laughs> and I had just on its own, just on its own. And I had some roast parsnips with a little bit of salt on them. Oh, they were good. Right. Dipping them in some ketchup. Thanks very much. And what did the guinea pigs have for dinner? Uh, greasy takeaway. Entire, <laughs> <laughs> their entire fucking head of lettuce. 
so I'm doing good. Doing good. Happy with it. Happy with um, the development so far. Because my goal is to be uh, under 205 by the end of January. So to be <laughs> eligible for the old cruiserweight division again. <laughs> um, then at the end of February to be under 200. March to be under 195. April to be under 190. And then, you know, I expect the progress to slow down a little bit. So by the end of June... I'd like to be under 185. So that's the kind of progress I'm mm. looking for. Um, starting weight was 209. And actually, the evening before that, I was like 215. So doing good. Doing good. Um, but, you know, no pain, no gain, they say. Um, yeah. And there's been a lot of pain, so I expect a lot of gain. <laughs> I think that's how it works. I think they're proportionate. Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's go back next week. I'm going back tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow, okay. I'm going back tomorrow to do the old, uh, the old triceps and that. Ah, okay, you're doing, yeah. Yeah, and then, and then it'll be legs on Thursday and then the or Friday. Is, yeah, working your way down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Um, I am on holidays off work this week as well. Ooh. Which means that I can, you know, I could attribute more time to recovery, by which I mean lying in bed perfectly still. Um, yeah, this is my first week off work since the start of September, so I'm quite enjoying it. I'm going to watch a load, load of movies this week, a load of TV, play a nice. load of video games. What about yourself, Barry? What you been up to, lad? Well, I haven't been up to too much. I had a, a corporate function Ooh. on uh, Ooh. Friday night. Which is fun. Got suited up and all that jazz, which is always nice. But it was very, uh, pretty low key affair. Um, I was home fairly early. No, uh, no scandal. Getting a bit old now, you know. Getting a bit old for the old uh, up all night partying. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm also on holidays later this week. Uh, I'm going over to the old Scotland. Ma- oh, I was about to say matey, like they're pirates. You're, you say, um, you started doing a Newcastle accent there. <laughs> oh, up the tune, my laddie. Um, Liverpool. No. Why I man. Why I man? Oh, oh yeah. hell, I'm Welsh now. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I'm going over to TNT, which is a Liverpool independent wrestling mm. company, to see some mm. deathmatch wrestling, some blood and guts, some some glass and thumbtacks and stuff. I'm um, only aware of TNT because I see it in the Kings of the North's tweets. Yes, yeah, that that's like that's one of the notable things. Like they 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 are like. The UK company that loves the Kings of the North the most, um, and a couple of other people. Uh, they've a, they've a pretty eclectic mix of people who've come in and out. Like they've got a GCW guy, Jimmy Lloyd, on this show. Like they they are trying to make themselves the deathmatch guys in the UK. So I was like, yeah, that'd be something different. So I'll go to that. And then, um, you know, I'm um, uh, I'll be back in time then for for uh, for OTT on, on on this coming Saturday, which will be fun. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, that's about it, though. I, I have I have not much in my rearview mirror this past weekend, pretty uneventful. But I'm I'm very much looking forward to this coming weekend. Very good. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting on my phone here. I just set, I set up my microphone by accident. My Google's <laughs> listening to me. Oh, Shush. God. I'm of course not going to OTT this time. Mm. Well, it doesn't look like you're missing much. The cards a bit. Mm. Mm. As is as is the next one as well. The next one in February is. Mm. Yeah, there's a couple of. Um... I don't know. And still nothing announced for old Scrapper Mania. 
that's getting to be outrageous. That's Although getting to be. I, they, I, yeah. They announced stuff for the Hangover show. Uh, maybe announced stuff for the main show first, lads. Because mm. I still don't have a ticket for it. I still have well, no tickets pending for anything. So, you know. Well, I am. Um, I unfortunately won't make it to Scrapper Mania. I have other plans that weekend, but yeah. um, I. I am. I would love if it was a good show because I'll watch it on VOD anyway. So I don't want it to go. I don't want it to be bad or anything. But uh, oh, I, I don't miss anything. Grace, that would be nice. <laughs> it's very odd that nothing is announced yet with the tickets on sale and all that. That's kind of the first time they've really done that. Anyway, we'll see what'll happen there. Um, well, enjoy your trip to Liverpool, of course. Thanks. Yeah, I'll be. Uh, visiting the old gym again while you're in Liverpool. So think of me and my <laughs> rippling abs. When I'm boozing and drink and eating loads of shice. <laughs> anyway, shall we get going with it, our guffs? Absolutely. If you want to do some... Uh, well, Joe, other than, oh no, Joe mentioned you know, the old birthday guff and all that. Yeah. Um, Alrighty, we will jump in here to a little bit of telly golf first uh i watched some telly um i finally uh, navigated amazon prime's just absolutely horrendous user experience to uh watch some of the first season of fleabag mm-hmm. uh the the much much acclaimed um uh bbc comedy um it's really really great it's really funny it's really uh, clever and, and, and inventive um, but my god amazon prime just sucks i mean it just absolutely sucks um, <laughs> as, as even now as i as i'm watching it and i have it in my watch list and my play next and all this it's still listed as unavailable I, I don't know if there's if i've figured out some glitch to get it or it's not available in ireland or it is available but it's like Obviously, you can kind of find anything. You can find stuff that's not available in your region on Amazon Video. And it's like, oh, go to primevideo.com for your region-specific stuff. And I'm like, all right, I'll do that. And they have, like, they had Fleabag in the featured video, little reel at the top. And every time I clicked it, it was like, it's not available in your region. I was like, okay, whatever. And then I I just tried it on the desktop one day randomly, and I could watch it. And I was like, how... And I'm watching it literally as it says unavailable on the, the, the selection screen. I'm like, this is just dreadful, absolutely dreadful. But whatever, I I somehow got some value out of my Amazon Prime account and I watched it. Um, I'm not finished season one yet, but it's really, really tremendous. Like, I can see what the uh, the buzz is about. So I will, uh, <laughs> fingers crossed, unless they patch Amazon in the next week, I'll finish it. Um, but yeah, uh, that's all the telly I've been watching this week. Uh, well, I've been watching some RuPaul's Drag Race, and let me tell you guys, I'm addicted to it. I don't know. I, I was kind of one of those people who would kind of not look down their nose at that kind of, you know, toss. But <laughs> Natty, Natty and myself watched season eight, I want to say, and I really enjoyed it. And now we're watching season 11. Oh, it's like the best show on TV. I love it. The little bitchiness of all the the drag queens. And then there's like a little romance going on between two of them. And what I really like, I think I've said this on the podcast already, but what I really like about it is like the creativity of the challenges. It's kind of like a a camper, more fun, you know, MasterChef (laughs) or or one of those shows. And uh, some of them are just really funny. And some of the, the challenges are like comedic and they're really funny. And I just, and RuPaul is hilarious. And I just absolutely love it it's it's a show that 
I like I say I was I was aware of but never had any inclination to watch. And now there's like the new season is starting at the end of February and I'm like, Jesus, we've already got this season finished so we're ready for the new season. It's absolutely a show that I'm gonna watch, you know, as it's released. And we're even watching the uh the supplementary uh show, the RuPaul's Drag Race Untucked which is the the little behind the scenes where if you're only watching Drag Race, you're only getting half the story. And you get little extra um, conversations that happen backstage between everybody. Oh, it's great. I love it. love it. It's brilliant. And it's, and it's on Netflix, so it's very easy to watch. Yeah. All there, easily accessible. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I can very easily find it. It's not telling me that it's not in my region, even though it is. <laughs> Yes, um, Netflix. Netflix remains the the king, generally speaking. Yeah, and it's funny because we were watching it, and then at the end of each episode, they have to come down the runway in their their costumes that they've, you know, put together, and I'll be like judging them, going, "Oh, it's not. That's not a good one. Oh, just she's looking very plain. This one." And then there be some of the good ones, like, "Oh, that is deadly." There was one one of the drag queens on the last episode, uh, dressed as a dinosaur, for instance. And you're like, I, I, I usually am I'm big on this specific person. And I was like, oh, I don't know, it was a little... I didn't think the design of it was super good, the idea was good. But then they like won the challenge, and I was like, oh, good for them. Anyway, I'll stop going on about RuPaul, but it's oh, brilliant. And, it's good, it's good. And I've been fucking spinning that theme song on repeat on ye old Spotify, because it's the catchiest thing in the world. Yeah, so have you listened to any of uh, RuPaul, RuPaul's other music as a result? <laughs> Barry, it would be a lie if I said that I haven't listened to one or two tunes. They're oh. all right. Look, I watched one season of Drag Race and I listened to some of the music. Hey, you know, I'm, I'm not judging. I'm not judging. No, I, 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 I adore it. I think it's brilliant. There's no, there's no judging to do. Like, <laughs> I'm absolutely a fan of it. Um, and then you see there's like a uh, series on Netflix now starring RuPaul like a, a fictionalized drama series I don't remember what it's called or who something the queen something, the queen. something, and, the queen. something and the queen okay but um, yeah he's in it he's in it and he's kissing men in it what the what? hell oh, uh, it's it's great. Mm. And all the telly we have. Yeah, I ain't watched nothing except uh, Gilmore Girls, which is we're into series six, which is the penultimate season. Right. It's uh, starting to go downhill a bit. For the shark may have been jumped. Oh really? Um, In what sense? Oh really? Yeah, just sort of things happening out of the blue to fur- you know further storylines. It's like, oh, come on, guys. This is not. This is not right. Um, so you know, only a season to go. So we'll see how it how it ends. And you're are you going to watch then? I don't know if this is included in the season you're talking about. Are you going to watch again the kind of more recent miniseries they made? Yeah, that's that's not included in in the yeah. series I was talking about. But um, yeah, we probably will watch that just to kind of see. I'm not going to count that as like canon. To right. me, that's like David Brent life on the road. Okay. Um, I'm not counting that. But, but I will watch it. Isn't it made by the same people? Yeah, but are they the same people? That's what I'm wondering. Ooh, spiritually, maybe mm-hmm. not. New era, new platform. 
You know what I mean? Mm, it's mm, very different. Mm, mm, mm. Mm, mm. Uh, and just caught up with Doctor Who. That's it. I won't bore you with that. Yeah. Have you had any inclination to check out that Dracula show? Yeah, um, I watched it. Oh, what did you think of it? I reviewed it. Oh. Just listen, listen back to that episode. That, that might have been before I realised what it was. <laughs> I was like, oh, from from fucking Dracula show. And then I'm like, wait a minute, it's by them people. Yeah, first, first episode was great. Second and third, not so great. Oh, okay. That would be, but the first episode in of itself is worth watching. Why it was that, that that good? Okay, cool. I may check it out. I still never watched the um, the last few episodes of Sherlock that they made. Oh, they were shy. Yeah, because I I don't know the last few that I excuse me that I did get around to see. I wasn't super hot on, and that was a show that kind of those first two seasons were so good and so. Yeah kind of refreshing what they were and then they just got in their it's, own it's the Stephen Moffat thing first yeah. first bit perfect perfect television <laughs> and then off a cliff yeah Shite. same with Dracula yeah I mean what I liked about the first episodes were that they were kind of about the cases and they were mm-hmm. interesting and you could almost like a good whodunit you know and then it yeah. became more about John and it wasn't really about the chaos. Like, no, no, what I want is a really well-made, you know, slick murder she wrote. <laughs> That's what I want. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Who who doesn't want that? Yeah. Um. Do you know, by the way, Joe, what age, um, murder she wrote is? <laughs> Are you talking about the television show or the person? Angela Lansbury. Um. How old she is now? Yeah. Um, I would guess 90. Oh, you're close. Barry? Um, yeah, I was going to say north of that. I was going to say n- 95. Yeah, she's 94. Oh, okay. Well, that concludes another episode of How Old Is Murder, She Wrote. <laughs> <laughs> Back next week. Yeah, I feel like we might have done that before. <laughs> next week, our new feature is Kirk Douglas Still Alive. <laughs> is he? To be fair, that one can change. I mean, yeah, he is Barry. He's a hundred and three years old. Jesus, <laughs> he's got his eye Although, then you get into the question of what alive is. <laughs> oh, oh don't tell me he has his eye on Angela. Oh, yeah. cr- a cradle robber. Be <laughs> young frame. Come on. Um, I listened to a bit of music in the week. What a segue that was, wasn't it? Go on, go on, yeah, no, quickly get us off the subject, go uh, on. Inspired by the Guardian newspaper and their top 40 list they put out of Radiohead songs, I made a little playlist on Spotify based on that list, and I've been listening to that through the week. And, uh, yeah, I don't know that I agree. I think a lot of the... I'm one of those Radiohead fans what likes the Benz on OK Computer and not so much the ones where they just recorded a, a fax machine and Tom York kind of wa- wails over it. Um, so some of the tracks high up on the list to me are a little a little nothingy. I'm much a, a bigger fan of some of the, some of the other stuff. Um, they rightfully had Paranoid Android at number one, so well done on that. Um some of my favourites would be like Airbag, um, which I think was like 
in the 30s or something. Uh, street spirit. Um, but it gave me a, a, an excuse to kind of explore some of the albums and some of the songs that I'd never really given that much of a chance. Like, I I haven't spent much time listening to, you know, Amnesiac or Hail to the Thief. And I found that they were, you know, for the most part, they're actually kind of in line with what I like about Radiohead. There were, there were some tracks, like I said, that I wasn't super hot on. Um, and actually, the last album they brought out, um, Moon Shaped Pool, I, I did like a lot. So, um, yeah, they're kind of, they're definitely a very, a very weird band. And kind of, for me, kind of hit and miss. But for the most part, I, I, I've enjoyed them. I actually haven't finished listening to the playlist. I have the top five still to go. Um, mm. But I think in the top five, you have Karma Police and Paranoid Android, which, of course, I've listened to to death. Um, but uh, looking forward to listening to the other three tracks that I, I, I'm sure I've heard here or there. But sometimes mm. with bands like Radiohead, I, I'll just put an album on in the background and I, I won't necessarily know the songs by their titles. I'll just know them to hear them. Um, but yeah, interesting to see what their top five sounds like. Um, yeah, so that playlist is on Spotify. If people want to uh, give it a wee listen, mm. but uh, if you're not a Radiohead fan, you probably won't. That's okay. Anyone else listen to any good music this week? Yeah, um, yeah. I'm still trying to, you know, listen to more new music. Um, I didn't listen to any 2020 releases this week. Um, but I kept, you know, exploring around the old, you know, I'm, I'm really making use of the Spotify uh, account this month. Yeah. Um, and just kind of fucking around listening to, like, you know, here's these artists I have vaguely heard of and this album I heard of. I listened to a bit of Igor, which is the Tyler, the Creator um, album uh, uh-huh. that came out last year, which I heard was good. And I think I realized I never actually listened to Tyler, the Creator before. It's good. I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, it's a, you know, interesting thing. But the thing I really sank a lot of time into um uh, this week was i listened to last year's album from brock hampton mm-hmm. which is the sort of weird kind of rap poppy collective r&b thing big big gigantic group of lads and ladies i think with some girls in there um and so i just i, I listened to kind of this kind of introductory playlist Spotify head and then said ah, I'll just listen to their most recent album from August of last year and it is really 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 tremendous hmm. um, I love it I love their sound I love their whole vibe um, um, you know they, they really are a mesh of genres it is it's it's I think I would probably categorize it as hip-hop but it's 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 very poppy in places um, I think you would like it Paul I think if you listen to if you had that to your list ginger okay. Okay, I say which is the album, Ginger. Okay. Um, yeah, their most recent one, which I was kind of reading up after. It seems like it's also their best reviewed, which is good. Hmm. Um, um, I've, I again, I listened to like drips and draps of their other stuff just from a, a kind of compiled playlist. Enjoyed it a lot, but I think that um, that latest album is very, very good. Really, really unique sound. Really unique sound, uh, and, and splits the difference between pop and hip hop really well. So I'll be, st- I'll be sticking with them for sure. Very, very much enjoyed okay. um, that one. So uh, yeah, that's it for for music off for me. Um, I still haven't listened to that Eminem uh, thing, uh, but I'll probably get to it at some point. Uh, Joe, any music for you? No, no new music for me. I will really check. Good. I will check out that album for next week. Oh, I'll be I'll be interested to hear what you think. Mm, ginger. 
Yeah, I'll give it a listen. Because I'm not doing much this week. I'll just be relaxing. So I might stick that on whilst I play some Hitman or something. Yeah. Speaking of... Oh, another good segue. What the hell is this? Oh, segue me here. Running wild here. Yeah, I finished Hitman 2 this week. (laughs) So, um, I'm working my way now through the the DLC uh, missions. Um, I've beaten the game proper. I've got the end credits. Beaten every level in the same way I do. Get all the mastery. Beat it on master difficulty. Yada, yada, yada. Do all the mission stories. So I've done that for all the levels from the core game. Uh, and got the end credits. And now there's like two extra levels that I'm going to do. There's um, the New York level. And there's one on like uh, a beach in the Maldives, I think. I don't remember what that one is called. Um, I actually thought that I had more levels than that to play. Which I was looking forward to. But it turns out the three of them are those like sniper assassin missions. Where you're not actually like running around the level. You're just sniping. Um, and you have like 15 minutes to beat the level. And the, like the stuff... The thing will play out in front of you, and you can just either shoot people with sniper rifle or affect things and cause things to happen by using the sniper. Yeah, uh, and I have no interest in that. Like, I don't, I don't particularly like the sniping in the game anyway. So I'm not super hot on an entire, you know, s- uh, mini game based on that. So I'm just going to uh, beat the two last levels that I have, and that'll be done. With uh, with Hitman Two, and done with my easily 150 hours put into Hitman and Hitman Two, oh. as I await for another Hitman game to be released at some stage. Although I believe Hitman Two didn't sell particularly well, um, but IOI own the the rights to Hitman, so I don't know what else yeah. they would make at this stage. They're a little company with a big license, so why not make another Hitman game? Uh. I thoroughly enjoy it, as I always do. Um, the last level I beat was the Isle of Scale, which is like the big island castle one. Um, really, really like that level. Very kind of vertical. Um, I think there's like eight or nine stories to the level. Um, to like the castle. You can go all the way up to like a glass penthouse on the top. Some very fun kills in it as well. I found the master difficulty really difficult. Um, that took me a good while to to complete, because mm. I there's a trophy for every level to beat it once on master difficulty. So although I I normally play on the middle one like professional, I'll beat every level on master difficulty as well. Once that I once I'm more familiar with the levels and how they work, but uh, oh I found this one pretty tough, um, because a lot of uh, the different mission stories require you to get like a special disguise from someone who's pretty heavily guarded so doing that on master difficulty was pretty hard but i did get it done and uh yeah the only the other problem as well is now these two dlc levels i guess because hitman 2 wasn't a a raging success there's not a lot of information about these levels online Mm. um so if i can get stuck here or there i need a little Mm. hint on a challenge that i have to complete 
there's not a lot of info outside of like YouTube tutorials, which I don't like watching YouTube videos or YouTube playthroughs. I want a a little text thing like go to this place, get this item. That's how you do it. Ah, oh, okay, and I'll do that. You know, because some of the challenges are pretty cryptic in what you're supposed to do with them. Sometimes they'd be like redacted, and I'm like, well, I need to know what I'm supposed to do here. Um, but that's pretty pretty uh, scarce when it comes to these levels. So I'm gonna have to be a bit more. Mm -hmm. Uh, autonomous, but yeah, oh, that game, that's a cracking game. Love it. Anyone been playing anything else? Uh, I'm still chipping away at the old Star Wars. Um, I'm just not, you know, I, I, these days I just don't have any kind of extended sessions yeah. where I sit down and play games. That's why I'm still not finished it. Um, Whereabouts in the game good. are you? Um, I just had the really big playable flashback. Um, okay, the, yeah, yeah. the first one. Right. Um, uh, the one that kind of properly contextualizes all the training vignettes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you know, I think I I think I'm a decent. I think I'm pretty close. Um, it's just you know, and I still still really like it. It's the performance is just bad though. It's just such a and it's like it performs bad. And it's also kind of ugly in parts. Like it's a game that feels like it it um, could have used a few more months in the oven. But I, I still really really enjoy it. I'll definitely finish it. Yeah. Um, other than. Uh, no, I've not been playing anything else. I've not had a lot of the old video game time lately. Um, no. So uh, I suppose we can probably jump into movie off. Okay. Cool. Uh, well, who's watched some movies then? Movies. Uh, I've watched movies, but why don't you why don't you tell me what the movies you watched first? Oh. Fair enough. Um, well, I'll, go, I'll get through my Oscar movies and then I'll let you guys talk about Oh, yes, of course. Talk about the movies that are actually enjoyable. What? Did I say that? <laughs> oh, take that, Academy. Um, so, actually, the movies that I watched this week, I, I think I did enjoy for the most part. But there was nothing great or kind of worth going out of your way to see. Uh, first movie I watched was A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, uh, which Joe is undoubtedly going to have to see at some point. It's the latest Tom Hanks movie. Oh, yes, yeah, for completion's sake. Um, this is the Mr. Rogers movie, of course. Um, and I didn't really have a lot of context of what Mr. Rogers was going into this movie. I yeah. obviously have a very fleeting idea that he was, you know, a children's TV host in the, you know, mm. in kind of a a Barney the Dinosaur way, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, don't even, I don't even know what decades. He, I'm sure he was a long, long yeah, serving right. host, but I have no idea what era he's from even. So, I mean, needless to say, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood was not a thing uh, so much on this side of the Atlantic, um, especially as, like, I think his, his era was where he was biggest was kind of, what, 60s, 70s, 80s. Although I yeah. think the show aired right up until maybe the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, but yeah, you know, t television on this side of the Atlantic was fairly, especially in Ireland, was fairly uh, limited back in them days. I think we only had RTE1 up until uh, the uh, the housing crisis there in 2008. Um, uh, so yeah, so I myself, I was aware tangentially that they, a documentary had come out. Um, won't, won't you be my friend? I think it was called. Yes. But I never watched yeah, it. That's on Netflix. Yeah, I never checked it out. Um, and so I went into this movie still not really knowing the kind of the story of what Mister Rogers was. Um, 
so you know this film is actually not so much uh about mr rogers per se um that's why tom hanks is the is nominated for best supporting actor rather than best lead actor it's not a film about mr rogers right uh, it's told from the point of view of a journalist who is an uh, you know an investigative journalist who's tasked with kind of a a puff piece to to write about um a hero uh and and he's given um mr rogers as his hero that he has to write about almost kind of like you know a a kid being given a school lecture or a school essay they don't want to they don't want to do and so he goes to interview mr rogers he meets him on the set of the show and he gets talking to him and and you know as the movie progresses he finds mr rogers quite kind of inscrutable and he can't work him out like mm-hmm. um the mr rogers character as you as me myself the watch as uh, the viewer gets to know what kind of character he is he kind of flares between oddball and like messiah and you're never sure kind of on which side of the line he really is mm-hmm. um the the story itself is kind of a family drama based around that and what i liked most about the film is obviously tom hanks performance i thought he was really great in it but also that the film itself is kind of framed as an episode of the show which i thought mm-hmm. was a pretty kind of quirky choice and, and one that i liked um there's some standard you know at points felt like a tv drama um and then we mix in with that like i said there were some really good performances tom hanks um chris cooper is also in it and is also great um but definitely the the best thing about it is that hanks performance like he's he's very kind of soft-spoken and and naive or it gives the appearance of naivety um even when like there's one scene in particular where he's being interviewed and the the guy's asking him like being this you know well-known host who who offers help to children across America through his TV show did, did that have any impact on his own relationship with his own children like cuz as, as a journalist he's trying to you know figure out the psyche of who this guy is and why does he act the way he is and uh Rogers is 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 kind of not answering the question and is almost asking him questions and and trying to dig into who he is because you know reportedly when interviewed Mr. Rod Fred Rogers like to almost kind of befriend the people who are interviewing him and, mm. and so you know he's getting frustrated and da, 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 da. you know I think um I think for someone who maybe has a better idea of of uh Mr. Rogers and the context of it all might might get something more out of the movie than I did. Um, that, like I said, for me it was kind of a, a flatter, typical a typical family drama with a really good Tom Hanks performance playing this really really positive influence, and yet this kind of strange man that you can't quite figure out what's going on in his head. So it was interesting, you know. In that level, but nothing special, I guess. It was, it was all right. Um, I also watched on Netflix Klaus. Oh, that we talked about last week. The animated Christmas movie on Netflix. 
Did someone watch Klaus? What? No, we talked. We, we talked about it last week um, about how none of us had seen oh. it. Yeah, so I've I've now seen Klaus. Oh, yeah. why? Um, because it's nominated, nominated for, for best oh. animated feature, Joe. You still on that? Are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I thought it was quite nice. It's it's a it's a very old fashioned story told with like new fashioned visual style, like because mm. it's like partially gives the the impression of like hand drawn animation, but it's very obviously CGI. So it has that kind of melding of of the old way and the new way but the story itself being very old-fashioned it tells the story of this like this um kid a spoiled kid who lives in in the lap of luxury who gets sent out by his father to act as a postman and set up a, a postal service in this remote island where you know you have these two families big big families who are like feuding with each other and he has to kind of bring everybody together and it's actually like an origin story in the sense of Santa Claus. Like, to the extent that it's almost like... It reminds me in parts of Solo, where it was, like, literally explaining, this is how Han Solo got his gun. This is how he got his name. Like, it has a lot of that about the Santa Claus myth, but it, it does it in a clever way, rather than an extremely dumb and annoying way. Um... And yeah, I thought it was a nice story. It was it was kind of um, reminiscent of of the, you know how to train your dragon that kind of level of movie. But uh, yeah, really really nice. There was just one one thing I found quite jarring about it was because the story is so old fashioned and told in an old fashioned way, even though the visuals are, are kind of nice and modern. Uh, sometimes you would, you would just break into like a, a montage with like a twenty nineteen pop song over it. And it'd be ex- like super jarring and oh, what is that doing here? That doesn't suit this kind of movie at all. But it was fine. Um, I quite enjoyed it. Probably worth watching over Christmas rather than the end of January. But it was it was pretty good. Um, I watched What Did Jack Do? Have either of you heard of this? I've heard of it. Uh, <laughs> I, haven't, I don't think I've been in the right mindset to watch it yet. Yeah, I don't know if I was in the right mind to watch it. Um, this is the new David Lynch short. Mm. Um, he plays a detective interviewing a, a monkey about a possible murder that he was allegedly involved in. Um, it's definitely very weird. It's definitely very David Lynchy. Um, for me, it really, really straddles the line between surreal and kind of objectively rubbish um it's like lots of non sequiturs basically mm. the conversation is a series of like noir clichés <laughs> that don't follow on from each other so i don't know if you it's the kind of movie you have to watch in a in a non linear or non narrative mindset and not think like this is literally what's happening or like what he's what is Lynch trying to say or what is he trying to do I think you just have to be high out of your mind high yeah you could be really high to watch it Mm. it's definitely very surreal it's definitely very weird and it has like the monkey is also voiced by David Lynch doing a Conan O'Brien oh I did not realise the monkey talked yeah mouth over oh what um 
but with the voice kind of modulated to sound deeper or whatever. Um, like but, like has, the, yeah. but like that's not done well, and and is it's in perhaps intentionally so. But then it kind of comes back to like Christopher Nolan with his intentional horrible sound design. You're like, well, why do it ho- intentionally bad? Well, it's surreal. Oh, I, I I only have a tolerance for so much of that, you know. Mm. Um, there's definitely some great lines in it, which I won't spoil. Which it's worth like it's worth watching for some of the more memorable lines, but don't expect any kind of. Um, profound you know, motion not, picture not, not even <laughs> don't expect any kind of um, sensical conversation or any anything interesting in that way like the only interesting aspect of it is the surrealness and kind of the feeling it gives you watching it but don't um, I guess don't try and figure it out while you watch it just watch it and you know let it kind of wash over you in the sense of more it's it's its tone and its its feeling rather than what the characters are actually saying because if you're paying attention to that it, it it doesn't really lead you anywhere but um david lynch is is, is very funny in it. and it is very funny which which is good it, it, it is a kind of comedy for all intents and purposes um you were seen associating with chickens that's the only line that i will repeat um okay and it's only 17 minutes so worth a watch and then finally, I watched Judy, which is the Judy Garland biographical picture um, with Renee Zellweger, who's nominated for uh, Best Actress, I think, and I think will probably win it. She, oh, really? She is great in it. Um, and the film does make a good point about showing how, as if, as if people haven't realized this already, but show it like the film actually stresses as one of its kind of more important points that like stars and especially kind of child stars are not so much human beings but like a mineral for the entertainment uh industry to just like suck Mm. the essence out of and then cast aside when they're when they've been fully extracted and um yeah there's some really kind of upsetting scenes of like psychological abuse and uh mm. you know the fact that the, the, these people essentially have no lives they just don't have a life their 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 life is to act be an actor yeah, exactly for 18 hours a day like there's one scene where she says that she worked 18 hours yesterday and there's one scene where it's her birthday and she said well it's not my birthday for 2 days yeah we're we're, we're making the special so it's your birthday today is this a real cake? Yeah, what do you think? Uh, on this budget or whatever? And it's just like, <laughs> you know, she's no life. Like, yeah. And uh, the the majority of the film takes place with her in her, you know, mid to late 40s, the six months before she passed away. And um, it's uh, aside from the really good Zellweger performance, I just found it another, uh, another in, in what seems lately like a very long string of bland, forgettable biopics. Mm. And it felt a lot like Bohemian Rhapsody, and it felt a lot like Rocket Man. Although I liked Rocket Man, like all these films feel the same. They all feel exactly the same, as if they were made by the same director, which they aren't, of course. But they all feel the same. Um, yeah, I just completely forgettable. Um, I will. I wouldn't go out of my way to see it. Like Zellweger is very good in it, and like I say, I think she'll probably. She'll probably win because the performance was good, but also the kind of performance it was and the kind of role it was. 
but the film has nothing else going for it really apart from like i said the 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 it, it makes quite a good point about the humanity of these kind of people but then towards the end the film also gets a bit muddled up in what it's trying to say like there's there's scenes that hint that like she she has an anxiety or a, a sickness about performing specifically obviously she was like you know addicted to certain drugs and so on but like that she she's missing the shows and they have to go to the hotel to find her but then later on she's performing and the film seems to be saying that like because she had nothing else that's what she has and that's where she you know she shines but then she she's not performing I, 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 what are you trying to say to me here like what I, I get that people are complex but like the film was in the last half hour trying to like put, push you in four different directions I didn't really mm. get what they're trying to say but um yeah so that's all the films I watched this this week. What about you, Joe? You seen anything this week? Uh, just the one. Uh, I watched Okja, which oh, is yeah. um, from my main man, Boone. The Boone man. The Boone Meister. Bong. Uh, Bong. <laughs> Bong. What's his name? <laughs> John Morrison? Boone the Bounty Hunter? <laughs> Bong Joon Ho. Oh, by the way, speaking of Dog the Bounty Hunter... Wait, what was that called? When oh, we got Boon, Boon Jong Ho. Yeah, Bong Joon Ho. When we got when watching the Royal Rumble yesterday, I think there were two wrestlers that I at separate points went, they look a bit like Dog the Bounty Hunter. <laughs> Who was it? Um first one was Bray Wyatt, because the front of his hair went a bit puffy. And I went, that looks a bit like Dog the Bounty Hunter's hair. And then Edge later on, I went, You look a bit like Dog the Bounty Hunter. Oh yeah, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. Anyway, hmm. tell us about Bong. Okja by Bong. Yeah. Jun Ho Bong. Correct. Um, he, <laughs> it's about a big pig. Um, <laughs> it's sort of like Babe. You seen Babe? Yeah. With the pig. Yes. Daddy it's sort of like that because there's a there's a big pig in it that has been genetically modified by this evil corporation. Um. And then sent out to live with farmers all over the world as a kind of PR exercise. And this little girl um, in South Korea, her dad was a farmer who had one of these big pig things. And she caught this, this particular one is called Okja. And um, she likes the pig, becomes friends with it and all that. And then they try and take the pig away, basically, to slaughter it because um, they're going to sell the pigs as... Uh, yeah, bacon. Yeah, because they're big. Obviously, you get a lot of meat from them. This is the mm. this is the kind of point. So, um, so it's about stars. yeah, yeah. It's about how she doesn't want that to happen. Tries to stop it. And that's that's kind of the movie. Um, it was. I I didn't love it. I'll be honest. Uh-huh. I didn't love it. I quite. It was it was enjoyable enough. Um, but I didn't really like the big pig thing. It kind of it's CGI and it sort of looked a bit. Right. fake mm-hmm. and I wasn't really quite sure what to expect and it, it was it's kind of interesting but no it didn't grab me hmm. didn't grab me oh. grab me um, so kind of thumbs in the middle I, you know if you're a fan of Mr. Bong yeah, um, yeah I'd definitely watch it you'd probably probably like it have you uh, seen um, have you seen The Host Joe no, I have not yet. Was... I'll say maybe put that next on your list. Yeah, because uh, I feel like that's 
one of the, the big one that he's made that I haven't yeah. seen. Or Snowpiercer, I assume you've seen already. Oh yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. Oh, Snowpiercer is very fucking good. That's good. That was. I'll throw that to Okja. Yeah. Um, not as good as Parasite, but kind of that being the middle. Well, the so host, the host is is maybe closer to Okja than Parasite or Snowpiercer, but it's okay. it's a very good. A, a very good comedy horror mm, and mm. sometimes when, when, when directors try and mix comedy and horror it can go one of two ways you can have badly badly or goodly and this is one that <laughs> I, I think is goodly because it does the horror very well but it also does the comedy very well and Song Kang Ho is in it who we all love from uh, Snowpiercer and Parasite he is the dad in Parasite mm. he's, he's great he's, and he's in the host so there you go He's not in Okja, I assume, no? Who? The main the guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 it's not. Oh. Uh, wait, but, well, no, unless I just didn't spot him. I don't think so. Okay. Maybe he played the pig. Perhaps. Right. Motion capture. Could be. Mm. Oh, the candy circus. Yeah. Anyway, um, enough of these boring movies that no one likes. <laughs> I, I watched... I watched Bad Boys 3, Ooh, baby. Oh, the Bad Boys come bad in. Boys. What you gonna do when they come for you, bad boys? Bad boys for life. Do you think they um, missed the trick by not making Bad Boys 4 Bad Boys for life rather than Bad Boys 3? Well, I think... I think they legitimately thought they were making this one last one. Um, like it took him ten years to make a sequel, and then it took him fifteen years to make this sequel. Um, and it's very the movie very much feels like they did leave it open for a sequel, but it's such a one last ride movie. It's so uh, like this is this is the latest in a long line of aging action hero movies where it's like part of the premise that they're old. Yeah, um, I'm too so I think, old for this shit. I think they said, well, we'll use the For Life title here because this is it. This is the one. We're never coming back to this. And then it just made a bajillion dollars. Um, I saw it a week after it came out. Oh, excuse me. I saw it a week after it came out and um, it was still absolutely jammed to the gills. If you'll remember last week when I was talking about 1917, I originally wanted to see Bad Boys, but it was sold out. Um, I think when I did end up seeing it, I I think it was all it was almost sold out by two or three seats. Um, so obviously it did very well. But anyway, um, I mentioned there uh, on last week's show that I had watched one and two again, and I just think it's kind of inexplicable how these movies are both popular, but also like somewhat fondly remembered critically as Michael Bay's good movies. And it's like, yeah, not really. Both of it shit. Um, <laughs> it has um, one good movie, The Rock. Uh, that is it? Yeah, right. That that's his that's his his zenith, and it's like uh, it's pretty much just that central performance. <laughs> And uh, the 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 car chase in the second one. So I'm like, God, like, and it's this like iconic thing where they brought it back after ten years, and then brought it back again after fifteen because they just couldn't say no. And bizarrely enough, here we are with with everyone looking a little older and a little fatter and a little grayer and a little slower, um, but mercifully with a new director and a new team of writers. Bad Boys franchise has its first actual good movie. Oh. Um. Mm-hmm. 
I was shocked at how good this was. I think they they upped the ante to a, a kind of comical degree with the action. Uh, there are parts of this that kind of kind of feel like like Die Hard four ish in terms of just we're making a just logic defying action movie like we're not trying to make a a gritty 90s action movie anymore we're making just dumb flying through the air on motorcycles leaping onto helicopters you know we're making that stupid movie um and they got all the quips in there and they got the same great lead performances and they put a surprising amount of characterization into uh, in particular will smith's character which i was not expecting Um, i mentioned last week how bad boys 2 is fucking two and a half hours long and they did not fill that movie with anything like worth worth padding out like they did not embellish on the story of the characters in a meaningful way whereas this one is like okay they, they made an effort here um so i really 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 thoroughly enjoyed it and you know as much as this movie feels like it would be great as a last hurrah if the same crew of people makes another one i'll watch it um Barry, don't encourage them. Although it, you know what, it'll be a bit rubbish and cynical and depressing if this series that has spanned twenty five years then becomes a yearly action movie. Um, you know, I, I, I think it's kind of fun having it be a once every decade thing. Mm. But uh, yeah, thumbs up. Really, really, really thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, uh, yeah, really enjoyed it. But that was my my one film this this week. And thus ends Movie Guff for this week. Uh, so, with all that done and dusted, uh, we have a brief email segment. Wait, wait. Oh, yes. I have an email from El Hijo del Scott McAvoy. Mm. Yeah, good, mo- good morning, gentlemen, even though it's the evening. What's that about, Scott? Come on now. Getting together. Um, he says, since all of you endured watching The Irishman, what do you mean endured? <laughs> that was a good movie. Great. I've got a pick three for you, and you'll probably guess who the three are, since he oh. The Irishman as a segue. It's uh, Robert De Niro. Ooh. Ooh, you talking to me? Al Pacino! <laughs> hey, he's Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci is... I'm funny. I'm funny. Joe Pesci? You gotta be, you gotta be a bit squeaky. Joe Pesci? Yeah. Hey, kid, where's your, where's your parents? Your parents here, kid? Hey, get your fucking sandbox. Hey, hey. He says, all three are um, great actors. All three have done terrible movies. Side note, which is star- which is starting the worst movie? Uh, De Niro in Adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle. Al Pacino mm. in Jack and Jill or Pesci in The Super. I don't I don't know what this, The Super is. I've never seen it. Okay. Have a great week, Scott. I haven't seen any of those movies to be fair, although they their their reputation precedes I have seen uh, I have seen Rocky and Bullwinkle. I saw mm. it in the cinema when it came out. I don't know why. Um Anyway, of the three, gonna... I think it's I think it's interesting to sit, look at what movies are they not in with each other. Obviously, because you've got your Goodfellas and stuff like that. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, Pacino has the Godfathers, mm. whereas De Niro is only in Godfather it's Two. That is the best one. Pacino has Scarface, though. Pacino has Scarface. Yeah. They're both in Heat, obviously. That's in Heat. Uh, Pesci has Home Alone, obviously. Home Alone 1 and 2. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
De Niro has Joker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, De Niro has um, Meet the Fuckers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, Pacino has. I was about to say Donnie Darko. Pacino has uh, Donnie Brasco. Oh, yeah. Uh, also, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. I'd love Pacino in fucking Donnie Darko, though. That would be great. I doubt your commitment to sparkle motion. Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross is great. Godfather 1 and 2 is great. Godfather 3 is a shite. Um... <laughs> Like a parody film. <laughs> it's horrendous. Uh, what else? Insomnia, Al Pacino, Christopher Nolan. Mm. Uh, in Merchant of Venice. Remember that? Not really. Oh, yes, yeah. I think I watched it in school. Pacino is in Once, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, although I don't really like him in it. I like him much more <laughs> in The Irishman. Oh, yeah, he's in that first. He's scene, in that, isn't he? yeah, at the very beginning. Um. Mm. De Niro and Pesci were in Raging Bull. Mm. And that's a fucking tremendous film. De Niro has Taxi Driver as well. Uh, and Deer Hunter. And King of Comedy. And Once Upon a Time in America. And Brazil. Mm. And Goodfellas, yeah. Oh. And Cape Fear. It's also very good. And Casino. Oh yeah, yeah, untouchable. Just good. yeah. I'm thinking that looking at De Niro, um, it's really untouchables. Oh, and Jackie Brown. I love Jackie Brown and Jackie Brown, of course. Yeah, but I still haven't seen Jackie Brown. Yeah. I say there's only really two that he's in that the other two aren't in that I love. Which is what? Um. Jackie Brown and the Untouchables. Yeah. Because everything else, he's got Pesci or Pacino in there. Yeah. I mean, I love, I love Godfather Part One, especially. Uh, but I think De Niro, I might have to go with. Although I'm also going to vote De Niro for worst movie, and it's not one of the ones that Scott suggested. Mm-hmm. But uh, I thought Dirty Grandpa was just maybe one of the worst movies I've ever seen. With Zac Efron. Oh, it was it was it was shit. <laughs> um, yeah. Who has the? Who has does does Pesci? I see he probably does by far. Pesci have like the least films in terms yeah. of volume. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, he's only Easy. he's on he's got forty credits here. Yeah. Uh, letterboxed. Uh, Pacino seventy nine. <laughs> De Niro one hundred and fifty three. <laughs> wow. wow. Um. This is really, really, really tough. I think I'm going to rule out Pacino. Because although he's got a great catalogue, I, I kind of want Goodfellas. Uh, and so I need either De Niro or Pesci. That's fair. I, I think that's actually very sound logic. I think I would do the same. But then it's a cat because with Pesci, I get Home Alone 1 and 2 and My Cousin Vinny. <laughs> which are like my favourite comedy film and two of the all-time great Christmas films. Mm-hmm. Whereas with De Niro, I get Heat and Godfather Part 2. Oh. Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, etc. Oh, 
God, do you never watch Home Alone again? Or do I? No, <laughs> no I'm going. With, I've got to go with Pesci. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like because yeah, you have the the different genres and moods with Pesci, whereas you do technically have that with De Niro. But yeah, it's Rocky and Bullwinkle, so yeah, it's like it's Pesci's other genre stuff is good. Whereas De Niro, listen, you can watch De Niro like scowling in kind of a high contrast dark room uh, <laughs> a lot. You know, for about 70 hours, you could watch that mm. um, at various different ages, one year for his entire life. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, I mm, this, is, this might be the toughest one Scott's ever said. Oh. I might have to go with Pesci for the exact same reason, even though De Niro obviously has the, the volume. But I think I'll go Pesci. Oh. Uh, no, I think there's I think I'm going to have to go for. Uh... I think I'm going to have to go for De Niro. Although, like I say, they're both in Raging Bull. And Raging Bull is the only film where you have Joe Pesci saying to De Niro, Your mother sucks big fucking elephant dicks. You got it? But, uh, yeah, I, I, like, I like Taxi Driver a lot. And I like, um, I like a lot of those other De Niro early movies. I think Pesci... Pesci good, but Pesci's never, never the, the 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 leading force of these movies. Although in Home Alone, he's obviously a, a complete riot. Um, he's very very funny in that. I think I've seen Home Alone enough though. Um, what? I've I'm, I've seen Home Alone about fifty times. It's so rubbish. Uh, <laughs> yourself a fan? <laughs> oh, fake fake fan. I I'll go De Niro. I'll go De Niro. Although although Pacino. Oh. Although Pacino's got Godfather Part One and Glen Gary Glen Ross, which are two cracking movies, um, Serpico as well, Dog Day Afternoon. Mm. Oh, maybe Pacino just when I eliminated him, he oh. drags me back in. <laughs> Pacino, if you have it, a truck brought it to you, brothers. That's uh, Mr. Pacino in. Irishman. Yeah. Oh. Oh. I don't know. I'll go De Niro, but between him and Pacino, it's it's basically flipping a coin. Yeah, it's not. I think Pesci. I don't get me wrong. I love a bit of Joe Pesci, but we're talking about De Niro and Pacino here, guys. (laughs) You know, Pesci for me is just not in the same league. But anyway, and tell you what. I was I was down on Pacino for a while. I thought he was just I just can't. Every time I see him in a movie, it's oh, but he was actually really great in The Irishman. I really liked him in The Irishman. And I, I still ho- have to watch The Irishman. I it's hope like, he was when am I going to have fucking three and a half hours to watch it? And like I've seen people posting this thing of here's how you break it up like a mini series. It's like no, it's a movie. I'm going to watch it like a movie. But Jesus. Anyone else got an email? Uh, I do have an email from Scott. Go for it. <clears throat> he says, um, subject, 20 questions and a footy question. Ooh. I'll start with a footy question. Uh, do you think that Spurs adding Bergwin and eventually Ericsson is them attempting to make some move to make the playoffs, or are they trying to prep themselves for but next they're, year? They're selling Ericsson, aren't they? Yes. Yeah. Firstly, I don't know who Bergwin is, so you Bergwin know is, uh, I think, from B-Stop. He's a yeah Dutch player, isn't he? Yeah. Well, obviously from the name. Um, 
is it attempting to them to get into the playoffs, as in the top four, um, or are they trying to prep themselves for next year? That's a tricky one because I, I don't think they will make the top four now. Um, I'm just going to review the table. They are <sighs> six points off Chelsea. It's not impossible, but I just, with the squad they've got, I can't really see them. And with it. Harry Kane out till April. Oh, bloody Harry Kane! Um, it's a struggle for goals. I think. We're losing Harrys at a tremendous rate um, at the moment. It's not not going well. Um, yeah, I think. I mean, they're probably thinking about next season because I, I. Not that this one's a complete write-off. It's only six points, but I think you know they they need to really restock and rebuild for the long term. I think know. Mourinho often lives in the now, though, rather than thinking for the future. Hmm. But he still needs to bring in players. It's not like... Yeah, true. You know, otherwise he'd bring in Ibrahimovic again, you know. Yeah. He's we'll wheel him out one more time. <laughs> he'll try and buy William. He'll try and buy Matic, as oh. he always do. Them old... What's his name? Paolo Ferreira. <laughs> That's a name I've not thought about in a good decade. Oh, Former Chelsea right-back, Paolo Ferreira. Yeah, Paolo Ferreira. Uh, 41, you know, he could still do a job. Could do, could do. Yeah. Um, so yes, we'll see. Um, and is Liverpool going forty games without a loss? Mm, don't know why you bring that up. Generative <laughs> feelings. Is that the most impressive run you've seen in recent history? Nah, shit. Um, have the fans started chanting Goldberg at the players yet? Nah, I don't care what Scouts is chanting. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, I'll give you an update next week. <laughs> yeah, that'll probably be shit, mate. Um, anyway. <laughs> Scott's got a 20 questions for us. So okay. you lads ready for a, a quick 20 a questions? Res, a wrestler 20 questions. Oh, hell yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, so when, whenever you're ready. Far away. Uh, okay, are they alive? Uh, yes, they are alive. Okay. okay. Are they an active pro wrestler? Uh, yes. Okay. Are they currently signed... And have they appeared? Okay, so okay. I won't. I won't say currently signed. I will to keep the question simple. Have they appeared on WWE or AEW television in the last year? They have appeared on on one of those companies' okay. televisions in the last year. Yes. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay. I'll, I'll take a. I'll take a. A shot on this here. Have they appeared on AEW television? No. Oh shit! That would have really narrowed it down. Okay. Um, are they currently signed to WWE? No. Ooh. Okay. They've they've been in WWE in the last year, not signed. Um. Maybe some kind of legend or Hall of Famer, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Could be. Could be Edge. Um. <laughs> well, I assume he is signed. Oh yeah. Um, oh, okay. Someone who has appeared on WWE TV in the last year, and they are active. He said they are active. Yeah. So, hmm. Uh, has this person ever been uh, any any version of a world champion? Yes. Okay. Former world champion. Okay. I'd say Hogan. I wouldn't call him active. I guess. Um, um, I'd hope. 
is this person over the age of 40? Yes. Okay. Okay. See the problem with the problem with WWE is that this could be a lot of people. Mm. Um, uh, was this person a WCW superstar at one point? Ooh, sorry, WCW. You said yeah. yeah. Um, yes. Okay. Um, uh, did they did they hold the world title? Or a version thereof in WWE. Um, yes. Okay. A former WWE World Champion, not currently signed, but has appeared on TV within the last year over the age of forty, and was in WCW at some point. Yeah. Okay. Like in the last year, like... we can maybe. Uh, okay, hang on. Uh, and th- these are some these are some obvious ones jumping out at me. I- I'm taking stock of who's been on Saudi shows and shit. Yeah. Um, Undertaker. Yeah. Uh, Go has, was Sean ever in WCW? No. Um, Triple H. Uh, oh no, he signed. Never mind. No, wait. All these people are signed. What am I saying? These, that's not. Yeah, that doesn't work. Mm. Um. Oh, I'm stumped even for a question. Okay. Um... What about... What about Brett? Because... He... No, he's been on AEW in the last year. Oh, yeah. Because I, oh, I was thinking was on AEW TV, but also was on WWE TV in the last year. Remember, he got jumped at the Hall of Fame. And, was <laughs> and a former world champion. Um... Okay. Were they? Um. Did they hold the the world the aforementioned world title in the nineteen nineties? Uh, so the sorry, the one in WWE. Or, yes. Um. No. Okay. Uh... Fuck. Did they hold it in the 2000s? Um, yeah. Let me just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, okay, 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 okay. In the 2000s. Okay. Oh, God almighty. I hate twenty questions. Um. <laughs> okay, WWE champions in the two thousands. This can't be too hard. Um, and they're over forty now, and they're not yeah. signed. Okay, so you have who was champions at the start of the two thousands? Was Kurt Angle, then Triple H, then The Rock, then Triple H again, then The Rock again, then Kurt Angle again, then Brock? No, we're still in two thousand. Armageddon. Oh, oh then, you're not going to list them all. Come on. Then was... <laughs> who won Armageddon in 2000? Kurt Angle. Triple H. The Rock. 
so cold. <laughs> so cold, held it for a while. Cryagle. Yeah, Brock. Okay, we'll, we'll jump forward to Brock. Yeah. Um, then we had the title split, and you had kind of Triple H hold it for a year. Um, who in the two that who in two thousand and two had the title over on SmackDown side? It was kind of Brock would feud with like Big Show and who else? Eddie Undertaker. Uh, Big Show beat obviously Brock for it. Two thousand four, Bradshaw. Eddie Guerrero, Undertaker, um, Batista, Cena, maybe Batista was never in the WWE. Um, uh, Edge. Oh. And then in, in the 2000, and by the time you get to 2009, it's all fucking Sheamus and Del Rio and all these fuckers who were never in WCW. Um, so maybe it was more on the raw side, people of that nature. Um, okay. What direction do we want to go in here, Barry? I don't know. I'm bad at this game. I don't know. Um, <laughs> okay. Does this person uh, are they white? Um. Yes. A white person. Okay. White person. Um. <laughs> holding is, the come on. Is there? There's never been a black WWE champion until Kofi. So. Yeah. Well, I, I, I. Oh, you, is that what you specified in your question about the world title? This might. I... This might be Goldberg. No, there were two. Someone asked. Have they held the world title in WWE? Yeah, Goldberg did in 2003. Okay. Does this person have hair? <laughs> Currently, uh, I believe they do, yes. Okay, they have hair. Okay, you've had 13 questions. Yeah. Okay. Um... <laughs> Oh my god! I'm trying to think who else would have been WWE champion in the 2000s. This can't be hard. Um, uh, uh, Jericho hasn't been on TV in the last year, right? He's been so he's been on AEW. He's been on AEW TV. We said that they're not on AEW. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Um, did did they hold this world title before January 1st, 2006? Uh, no. Okay, so it's the second half of the decade. Sorry, second half of the decade. Yeah, it? from 2006 to the end of 2009. Yeah. So maybe like, <sighs> maybe like, um, well, Kurt Angle was not in WCW. Obviously, he held, he disappeared in 2006. Mark Henry. He, he said he's white, it can't be Ray. Yeah. Um, um, can't be Ben. No, Ben wasn't alive. Can't be the um, Kali. Oh, God. <laughs> this this is the the blank spot memory wise here. Uh, Triple H, Orton, Cena obviously held the titles forever. Um, he's not he's uh, held the world title from oh six to oh nine. Oh dear. Um. 
I'm trying to I'm I'm kind of leaning on the WCW one here. Um, were they a did they hold a world title in WCW? Nah. Okay, never a WCW world champion. So one of those WCW kind of mid characters who came over and and made it in WWE along the lines of a Jericho. Benoit. But yeah, but I, I'm struck. The, the being a world champion is what's getting me. It's like they held the world title in WWE. Well, one of the world titles in WWE in the late 2000s, so after 2006 or after January 1st, 2006. But they were they were in WWE. Although in WWE at some point, I don't think that Joe really emphasized that they were a big deal in WWE. They might have no, had, no, yeah, they, they might have be, had um, like a brief stint, like a like AJ Styles was AJ in WWE. A, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it couldn't be him, could it? That that wouldn't make sense. No, he didn't hold the WWE title in the late 2000s. <laughs> <laughs> 2006, yeah. Um, oh, <sighs> God! Um, and this is when I was like, reading Power Slam every month, I should get this. There was never any definition of world title that Regal won, was there? Uh, ECW, I don't think, really counts, does it? Is this person British? <laughs> no. Okay. No. Said I'd put a question there. That's okay. <laughs> um, we have three more. Okay, no, wait, wait, wait. I gotta think about this. You've, you've narrowed it down quite a bit with the I world know. title in 2006 to 2009. They, <laughs> they were, were the WWE World Champion. There's a they were a world champion in WWE. There's only about less than 10 people in that list. Okay. Uh, Some of whom are still active. So. Undertaker, CM Punk, Jeff Hardy, um, Jack Swagger, who obviously has been in AEW, doesn't count. Um, Edge. Uh, Rob Van Dam. Was he in WCB? He... He was, wasn't he? Uh, briefly. Well, uh, I don't think he's been on WWE TV in the last year. I don't think he's been an impact. Even a brief? Fuck. Did he not make a brief little? Oh, he's busy. He's busy fucking his girlfriend's girlfriend. <laughs> well, I saw that. Because <laughs> <laughs> he obviously beat Cena for the world title, which then became the ECW title at One Night Stand 2006. Um, who was Rob Van Dam? Uh, yeah, yeah. It was he beat Cena? What was what WrestleMania was two thousand six? That was WrestleMania twenty two. Which I fucking that WrestleMania is completely gone from my mind. That was the yeah Triple H Cena one, wasn't it? How many questions do we even have? We have three no. more questions, and a guess. Yeah. Oh yeah yeah. Um. This is going to be so annoying when he tells us what it is. <laughs> oh, no, we'll get it. We'll get it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, I'm, trying to think, I'm trying to think about, like, brief, like, flash-in-the-pan world champions yeah. who we might be overlooking. But there really wasn't any in this era. With the ex- Like, people like Edge traded it back and forth quickly. But you didn't have your Kane moments where, you know, he won it and then lost it the next day. They didn't really do that. Um, 
What about Kane, though? Was Kane ever in WCW? Um, well, he look, was actually in 2010 when he won that that world title. Ah. Um. Also, I'm not sure if I describe him as active. He is a mayor. <laughs> <laughs> he is. Well, he was on TV this, this year. Um, Morrison was never a champion. Oh my goodness! Oh my god! Um. Obviously, Jericho and Shawn Michaels was like 2008. That was the whole thing. Yeah. And Undertaker was 09. And a couple times in 06. And 07. Obviously, yeah, the Batista thing was 07. Which which of our questions disqualifies Undertaker? Um, oh, I said, is he a champion of the 90s? And he said no. Yeah, yeah he only held the title in the 2000s. I, for some reason, I was not, I was list, I was listing like pay per view main events in my head, yeah. and I was like, "Did Finley win this at any stage? No. This fucking belt for a day?" No. Um... Oh la la. Um. God, who else? Who else could it be? World, <sighs> WWE World Title. I'm, I'm, I'm about ready to throw in the towel. We have a, we have a rum, fucking rumble. Oh, no, we'll get it. Okay. Um, Come on, yeah. Um, does this person were they known for having long hair? Oh. Let's say when they world when they won the world title. Known for it. I mean, <laughs> did they have long hair when they won the title? The, this person has yeah always had long hair. <laughs> Okay, so it's a long-haired wrestler. Good, that is good to know. Known for it, yeah. One of those wrestlers has got long hair, you know, <laughs> as a gimmick. <laughs> uh, I believe they call them NXT wrestlers. <laughs> a long hair dresser okay can't be too many of those and white okay we'll get there <laughs> I love that you already asked me if they had hair yeah but this they might second... have it's the second hair question <laughs> <laughs> well wait for number three what colour was that gimmick <laughs> what even what even was the answer to that question yes they long haired a long haired wrestler <laughs> Okay. Uh, three questions. <laughs> <laughs> they're shouting at home. I bet you they're not. I fucking bet you they're not. I'm sure everyone's gonna gonna say they were, but <sighs> I love that we narrowed it down to post two thousand and six, <laughs> and we still can't. <laughs> WWE WWE champion between 2006 and the end of 2009 and we cannot figure it out Uh, (laughs) god a long a long haired wrestler who used to be WCW who who got won the title then how many people can it be (laughs) 
I've gone through the alphabet in my head now. Going to F. Was there any F wrestler? Um. Ah, man. <laughs> Is there any F wrestler? Ah. <laughs> uh. Yeah. <laughs> God, should we just take a punt on RVD? Has there been anything disqualifying RVD? Well, did he appear on WWE in the last year? Mm. He wasn't like in the Rumble last year or anything, was he? That we're forgetting. No, 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 no. He, no, he's like I. I'm almost certain he's been signed for at the, at least a year. I'm almost certain of that. Was this wrestler ever in ECW? Yes. Okay, we've one more question. Okay, he is white uh, and he's got long hair, Barry. So, and he was in ECW. Never sit down. <laughs> was this wrestler known for shagging his girlfriend's girlfriend? <laughs> is that your final question? Ah, oh, fuck it. Yes, it is. Um, apparently so. Yes. <laughs> it's Rob Van Dam. Yes. Of the twenty questions, it is Rob Van Dam. I don't. It's easy. This is why we do it all the time. Oh. Fucking show. I don't believe we got that. <laughs> How could we not have? We narrowed it down by the end to about three people. <laughs> also, to be fair, for half of that quiz, I got confused about which title you said he had. So I was going by the gold belt. <laughs> I think the two that tripped you up was one appearing in WWE in the last year because he was on Raw Reunion. Oh, yes. Um, last summer, even though he's worked with Impact. Uh, and also the WCW question, because he was very briefly in WCW yeah. at the start of his career. So There you go. Yeah. yeah. Well, I tell you what, that, oh, long, hair, that long hair question came in <laughs> handy. Uh, don't jump to thank me, Barry. You're welcome, lad. Don't <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, well, it's team effort, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Speaking of lads <gasps> from yesteryear appearing out of nowhere and hopefully disappearing back into obscurity, it's Royal Rumble time. <laughs> So, lads, who stayed up with me last night to watch the whole gimmick live? Uh, not many people, I imagine. Oh, only me, then. Did you guys get a chance to, to watch the Rumble matches? Yes, I watched the two main Rumble matches. And not the undercard, because it looked dreadful. Yeah, Joe? Yeah, I, yeah, I watched the two Rumbles and uh, Becky match and the Bryan match. Yeah. I I think... I think this was a, a great show in Ooh. the way that a good UFC show is good despite some inconsequential and forgettable prelim matches. Like, mm. um, Bailey and Lacey Evans, I, I couldn't tell you a single thing that happened in that match. It completely <sighs> washed over me and went one in one ear and out the other ear. Roman Reigns and Car- uh, Baron Corbin had an endless false count. Oh, 
god. I forwarded through that one and it still took me ages. Uh, and it just wasn't uh, horrible to look at because the camera were too close to the wrestlers and shaking around. <laughs> no. Um, Becky Lynch Asuka was like okay but again was quite long and I actually didn't hate The Fiend and Daniel Bryan I thought it was fine it wasn't bad it was not it was just there fine and then book ended by two great Royal Rumble matches that I thoroughly enjoyed watching well hmm let's start with the women's yes take us what what did you enjoy the women's um, I was pretty unimpressed with the previous women Royal Rumbles. Um, oh yeah, I thought this was this was one where there was a, a healthy stream of you know n- names coming in, which which you know is in part to the success of the NXT women's roster in mm-hmm. particular. Just with like th- there wasn't as much a reliance on names from yesteryear like there were in the first two, albeit. They decided to wheel Kelly Kelly out again for some reason. Hmm. Um, yeah, there was there was less of that. Like it felt more like I guess it felt more like the men's rumble in a sense that it was all the the roster with a couple of surprises, you know, thrown in. Whereas like the first rumble, uh, women's rumble especially, was like maybe one third of the roster, and then wheel in a load of the owl ones. Um, I mm. thought, uh, yeah, I thought the pace of it was good. Um, there were some nice uh, surprises and good performances by the surprises. Like I thought, Beth Felix looked real good, albeit bleeding profusely <laughs> for a while. Yeah. yeah. Um, I thought Mighty Molly looked quite good. Why? Why is she Mighty Molly and not Molly Holly? Well, she was Molly Holly the previous time. Yeah, I, think, I think this was this year really showed that they were struggling a little bit, and I think they didn't. They were they wanted to not just literally have all the same quote unquote legends coming out because they like they redid Kelly Kelly and Beth Phoenix, who I think have been in all of them at this stage. Yeah, and they're like, let's call let's call Molly Holly. Well, Beth Phoenix is at least like is doing commentary on NXT, so she's like a a, a modern face, if not an active wrestler. So. That's something. That was like when you used to get like you know Jerry Lawler in the in the Rumble or whatever. Um, Kelly Kelly, I'd happily never see again. <laughs> yeah, she is rubbish. Um, and like was rubbish at the time. Yeah, and to give myself a little um, Tommaso Ciampa pat on the back, <laughs> I actually predicted the Santina Morella appearance. Uh, Did you? Right yeah. at the beginning. No, not on this show, but as we were watching it. Oh, yeah. At around number three, I was like, imagine if, like, Santina Morello was in this or something. Lo and behold, there she was. Or he. <laughs> she. Um, which was very funny. Uh, I, enjoy- yeah. I enjoyed it. I thought it was funny, but I was also. I enjoyed it in spite of myself. <laughs> I think. I think. I think it was f- funnily enough. I think it was funnier now than it, than that whole thing. Was <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. Because they had they had no division at the time, so it was like they were pissing on an already you know a mess yeah. already. Um, whereas this, it was like a little throwback, and he you know he, th- he threw himself out like whatever. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, this is like the second year in a row where I'm like, Beth Phoenix should just be wrestling. Um, <laughs> I, I imagine she probably just doesn't want to anymore. She got her lovely little commentary job. I'm sure she'll probably make the odd appearance in the PC. But God, she's good. She's still good. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I mean, I think the MVP of the whole thing was Bianca Belair. Yes. Um, like, great performance, like you said. Like, I, I thought last year's... I thought the first Rumble was great. I thought the second one, I thought last year's Women's Rumble was shit. For, like, ha- for the first half of it was, like, all the green women. Lacey, uh, what's-her-face, Zia Lee. Uh, like, all these terrible NXT women coming out and just embarrassing themselves. And then, like, Natalia having to be the glue holding it together. And then this year, is like, Bianca Belair, who's so young and new. And yet she was way better as the glue of the match. Mm. Um, I think, like yeah. I say, I think they did a better job spreading out the good people. For all intents and purposes, mm. I think there's more good people as well than there have been previously. So that even uh, when you had a Lana come out, mm. um, it didn't feel like you, oh, another fucking sh- shit person, for <laughs> want of a better phrase. And yeah, I don't know. It just, there was just no parts of the match, the match that dragged for me either. I, I, it was like holding my attention throughout. And also, they had some nice little. Obviously, returns with like Naomi and the like of that. But also, they did like the Naomi on the like announce table doing the the John Morrison slash Kofi Kingston spot. Mm-hmm. So, like they they gave that to the women's rumble this year, which I which I liked. And yeah. also the um, the Mandy Rose and Otis stuff I thought was great as well. That was quite cute. I didn't mind that where he was lying oh. on the ground, <laughs> big belly out. Oh. Oh, the bully. Um, yeah, I don't it, know. It, it lacks star power for me because you had no no Becky, no Asuka, no Sasha, no Ronda. You, the only, yeah. to me, the big star in there was Charlotte. Um, she of was course. good. Uh, and I thought Shay- Shayna's great. I always love well, Shayna. Well, I mean, Shayna um, 30 got obviously a huge, huge reception. Yeah, she is great. She's absolutely a star. So that was that was a highlight, and yeah, Bianca's kind of run was was really good as well. But then also by 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 the by virtue of those big names not being in it, that allowed Shayna to kind of stand out as a bigger star in in a sense. Mm. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I I take the point that yeah, you're missing quite a lot of the big the big stars. So maybe it wasn't such a star-studded rumble, but nevertheless, as a match, I I enjoyed it. Whereas as Barry said, mm. like these battle royals oh. are often death so they shaved like 20 minutes off of last year so that's a good <laughs> um yeah i thought everyone did a great job um you know although of course you're gonna have some duds tamina and the like mm-hmm. um yeah i thought everyone who everyone did a real good job it was fast paced um and then charlotte being the winner fair enough i mean they're, yeah. they were gonna give her one eventually i suppose yeah, it's 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 the, kind of one of my criticisms. I didn't even mind her winning technically. It's just like once Bianca went out, it was like oh, there's there's no interesting people left with the exception of Shayna, um, and it was it was such a foregone conclusion. Charlotte was winning to me. It was like there was no drama to it. Uh, I don't know. I I I was uh, I was still in it. Right, it's gonna be right up until the end. Hmm. Um, so thumbs up from for me. Thumbs up on that. Big thumbs up on the men's rumble for me. 
Yeah, so the men's rumble then was like one of my favorite rumbles in years. I think. I think. That, yeah, I think. I think this is one of the better ones of the of the modern era. I mean, I I was wondering what they were going to do with Brock, and they ended up ultimately doing like the best possible thing with him, um, which is he he was number one, and then the the subsequent. Uh, entrance just got the shit kicked out of them to varying degrees for a half hour. And he looked like he was on the verge of a heart attack after about uh, eliminating Elias. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And that made it all the more entertaining. Uh, When he was eventually eliminated, the puddle of sweat underneath him was so grotesque um, on the floor, it was really horrendous. But um, uh, I mean, I think part of being so detached from WWE as we are is that you can no longer really get annoyed at them not making new stars. You just kind of accept it, and you're like, yeah, I don't care that he just fucking threw John Morrison out. Like, whatever, if I can just kick this guy off, I mean, we'll flick him over the top rope. Oh, there goes Biggie. Whatever, who cares? Fox, awesome. All of these people he eliminated have been around for fifteen years anyway. It's not like it's up and come, you know. Oh God, he eliminated Bobby Roode and John Morrison. Yeah, like yeah. In, in, Impact Wrestling and Lucha Underground's finest. Like, yeah. who cares? And like the Cesaro ship has sailed. You know what I mean? It's like like the yeah. the days of pining for that are just so over. That, that was the other thing about this Rumble. They kept every time someone came in, Michael Cole was like, "Oh, competing in his ninth Royal Rumble, tenth Royal Rumble." 12th Royal Rumble. It's like, how long have all these people been on your fucking roster? They've all been in yeah. 15 Royal Rumbles. Is it Kofi, Ziggler, and Miz are all in double digits at this oh, stage? God, it's ridiculous. Um, Kofi, I, I think, is joined second on 13 yeah. after Kane. I think him and Miz, yeah, behind Kane, and then Ziggler just behind them. Oh, my God. And I love... That, and again, like if I followed WWE more, I'd probably get annoyed by this. Maybe a couple of years ago, I would have. I loved that Rey Mysterio, Big E, and Kofi teamed up and they got some momentary offense on Brock before he promptly dumped all three of them on his own. <laughs> oh, it was wonderful. It was wonderful. Um, I love just... the, the story of right Brock on his own versus a singular opponent is going to destroy him. So how can these people survive long enough to have more than one person to fight Brock? And Brock, mm. you know, eliminating people singularly. Then you had, as you said, Kofi didn't get eliminated immediately. And Mysterio came out, of course, both of them with, like, have had feuds with Brock in the last year. So they're, like, it would make sense for them to team and Biggie as well. And it seemed like, okay, these guys can maybe something. And then Brock would eliminate them. But also Brock is, you know, getting progressively tired as the match wore on. How long can he do it for? Just made for a real interesting story, you know, rather than 20 people being in the ring at once slowly trying to throw each other over the ropes. Um, it was like, oh. And then, for example, the build-up of that, Keith Lee comes out. Big old pop. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was great. Then Braun comes out, and you're getting all the hosses slapping, oh. slapping meat. Oh. Big and then, of and, course, like, the payoff. This match was just full of little Brock things, like when he goes, oh, oh big boy, a key. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Who's this big fella? <laughs> you know? Oh, when Shelton came out and he was loving it. And... <laughs> Shelton, yeah! Or he was dancing to was it MVP's music. MVP, <laughs> yeah. Dancing. 
Oh, and the Shelton thing was great because you're like, okay, who's going to turn on who? Will they get a little Brock near fall because Shelton will turn him? But no, of course Brock was the one to turn and immediately throw him out. Oh, it was, oh, God, it was just wonderful. It really was, I mean, as well as getting of him kicking ass, you just got 15 minutes of those just weird little Brock things that only he does. Um, <laughs> God, it was, it was fantastic. Um, uh, he also, he like... I, I, it really seemed like Elias was not prepared for a lot of what he got in that opening minute, including the guitar shot, which did not break at all and looked extremely weird. Yeah, he hit him with the string side of it as well, rather than the body side. The, the body side, yeah. Um, also, what I loved was that Brock would like do his crazy selling. He'd like sell a couple of moves for each people before he'd throw them out. And Brock is when he's, you know, on form. He's he's a <laughs> A really good, if a bit funny, seller. <laughs> um, I love the Keith Lee Brock stuff. was great. Um, and Keith Lee is another little star they have there. Absolutely a star. Um, and of course, the whole Brock thing led up to the big payoff. The elimination by Drew McIntyre. Which, yeah. expertly done, I must say. Mm. The re- the reaction when Drew eliminated them was, you know, star making in a sense. Yeah, it was good. Which led on to obviously <laughs> what was to come. But like, even when Drew had eliminated them and would like go back to fighting whoever, and then would go back to just stare at Brock, stare him out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, man, he looked at him for what felt like five minutes. It felt like, you know, in a, obviously where this will go we we don't know exactly but it felt like almost the first of a of a, a Goldberg-esque kind of ass-kicking baby face in, this, in the way they've tried to do it with like a Roman Reigns but that they always want Roman to be a bit like John Cena and be a bit funny as well Drew yeah. Drew feels like a, a, a you know a callback to a an older gimmick that you don't see as much anymore um yeah, and he, 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 he was. Um, he made Brock look small. So did Keith Lee, by the way. Keith Lee next to Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar looked like a little cruiserweight. <laughs> but Drew McIntyre, he's a he's a big fucker, isn't he? It really, it really makes you think about what what it would be like when if you got Walter in there with some of the actual big boys, you know? Yeah. Jeez, Keith Lee, um, Drew McIntyre are enormous men. I was. Um, <clears throat> I was shocked after um, uh, McIntyre got the elimination that he then went on to win. I'm like, that is, I mean, I'm not a big, like, Heyman apologist or anything, but that is Mm. such a Heyman thing. Brock rules for half, and then the guy who eliminates him also wins because, of course, he should win. Uh, Whereas in WWE, it's just, oh, split the difference, one guy gets the elimination, and then someone else wins, and we set up two matches, when really doing it this way is like way more productive like it's way more like no you actually took a guy and you actually made him you actually gave him a win um like i i don't want to go straight to hyperbole but what this feels to me is like <laughs> what no the, don't worry joe this isn't actually no, gonna be that, that great. I, was, I, I just watched the clip back of lesnar doing the big boy <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't i didn't see it first <laughs> But this feels like um, this feels like when Batista won the Rumble in two thousand five, 
that it's this might yeah. be the spark he needs to go on to that, you know. Because, okay, I don't watch much, you know, Raw, but everything Drew did here was, I hate to call it the perfect segment, but it was perfectly done, you know. Mm. And he came off like he came off like a megastar. I was uh, I was glad we got the the edge uh, uh, return shortly after um, the the Brock elimination because there's a few minutes there where it's starting to look like some raw mid card sludge, mm-hmm. and it was yeah, I mean McIntyre was you know he he was a, he was a made man, but then you had your fucking Ziggler and your fucking this guy and that guy and I was like oh boy. Get, get get me a surprise out here quick. This is starting to feel like uh, uh, the t- television show I don't watch anymore. Well, they had the, the surprise of all surprises. The return after nine years. <laughs> what a pop. I mean, it just that that is a proper, proper uh, all-time great moment. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's funny, though. Um there have been three kind of major emotional retirements uh, since we started doing this show. Mm. Uh, Shawn Michaels, mm. Daniel Bryan, Edge. All three of the fuckers have come back. Yeah. <laughs> Wrestling retirements are bollocks. Yeah. But, you know, they were all great return. I mean, well, no, Shawn Michaels wasn't a great return, but the other two were, were welcome. But also, it's like Shawn Michaels was, wasn't any kind of great retirement, but it was also then the most disappointing comeback. You know what I mean? Just, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that is interesting. I didn't even think about that. Um, but yeah, it seems he's back for a few matches. He's obviously not, you know, going on the house shows or anything like that. But um, I wonder how how much he can do. Like, obviously, he's been clear to wrestle, but his his injury was a fair like it wasn't with Daniel Bryan with the mm-hmm. the concussions you know and that he he passed the test and so on like Edge was as per his speech like you know risking paralysis if you were to continue to wrestle so you know obviously in nine years he's recuperated somewhat but you wonder how well he is to be wrestling still now that he's also nine years older than he was you know he's not still in the, the, the prime years of his life. He looked old, even though he was in very good shape. Um, so every time he was, like, taking a bump, I would, uh, as happy as I was to see him, I would kind of wince and, like, oh, I hope he's okay. Yeah. Um, of course, one of the first things he did was fucking pop AJ Styles' shoulder out on a spear. Although that was Styles' fault for flip-bumping onto his own shoulder. Yeah, that was, that was nasty. That was yeah, nasty. Which I, we noticed... In, in our, we noticed right away in our household. Oh Jesus! He looked, landed on his shoulder, and he was holding his shoulder, and he got thrown out holding his shoulder. So apparently, he's done some damage there. But uh, no, I thought Edge looked good. I liked the little callbacks to Rated RKO, and then Edge threw him out. They didn't make an ultimate opportunist reference when he threw Orton out. That seemed like uh, the ball was on the tee to be whacked away. But oh well. Um, I was real disappointed in the. The brevity of the Matt Riddle appearance. Oh, yeah. They got eliminated yeah. straight away. Come on. And, and fucking Carol Anderson can be in for 10 minutes. Get the fuck out of here. We needed some more Matt Riddle. That was very unfortunate. Um, and then, yeah, um, then the, the, the last little storyline of the Rumble was the Seth Rollins and his, his gang attacking everyone. And I loved when 
uh, Joe and Owens and Alistair Black got eliminated and they fought with them up the ramp, leaving Rollins on his own with uh, who was in the ring? It was uh, Edge, Roman, Drew, Orton. and yeah, Edge, Edge. Orton, Reigns, and and Drew. I am. Um, it doesn't. It didn't matter in the grand scheme of things. I think it would matter more if he won. I couldn't believe they were stupid enough to have Roman eliminate Edge. <laughs> You're Come surprised. on, I, get yeah. a clue. It's been like five years. I I don't. Uh, why? They just, just want him to be a heel. Like, I, I really I don't, don't get it. I really because it's like I I. It seems the rumor is going to be Orton is the match for Mania. Just have him come in and throw him out. Mm. I also uh, one of my little nitpicks that I I hate with the Royal Rumble every year is that Roman Reigns and Baron Corbin were in it after having a 21-minute hardcore match earlier in the show. They should be backstage with ice packs on their legs, selling the hellish match they just had, but they're both out here in the Rumble. Mm. People who have matches on the Rumble show should not be in the Royal Rumble. Yeah, that doesn't bother me. It bothers me. Well, they should be selling it a bit more. Although, to be fair... When Baron Corbin came out, he did hold his ribs and wince briefly. Yeah, and it's, uh, and before it's carrying on as normal. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, yeah, so, yeah. I think the ending was whatever. It kind of, all the endings, these Royal Rumbles, kind of feel the same. Um, I think it, someone on Twitter posted a clip of Roman getting eliminated from the last from three different Rumbles with exactly the same finish. Oh yeah, someone hits the finisher, he bounces up, and they throw him out. And it, it does. It always feels the same. I wish they would. Kind of, I like the way they mixed up the beginning of this rumble. But if they'd kind of just needed something different with the end, the boys get down to the final four, and then they pair off, and then someone does turns on blah 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 blah. blah. Well, that goes back to like the, in my opinion. Although I, I know you, Joe, I know you love the t- the ninety two rumble. Yeah. But my favorite Royal Rumble, the two thousand seven Royal Rumble, where the last like seven minutes was a little mini Shawn Michaels Undertaker match. <laughs> mm. And that's how you finish the Rumble. You know, you have the two the two uh, last uh, participants, not just one of them hits the finish and throw them out. Mm. You, that's where you build a drama with, can oh, the little false, like false Royal Rumble finishes. There was, there was mm. no false finishes to this Royal Rumble, you know? Um, which is kind of why it maybe was a little bit unsatisfying. But uh, no, I, I thought it was, again, a great rumble. Very pleased that I stayed up for it. Because last year was a bit of a disappointing uh, night. And this year was, mm-hmm. give them credit, a good, a good fun uh, bunch of rumbles. So good lads. Yeah. Good yeah. lad. Good, good job, McMahon. Yeah. 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 Good stuff. Um, any other. Just, you know, quickly, because we've got a bit of a long show here. Any other little wrestling tidbits people wanted to make mention of? Uh, I, I like Dynamite on a boat. I thought the matches weren't yes. anything special necessarily, but I liked the look and feel of it all. Yeah, it was a fun show overall. Um, I like I that they've taken the tag titles off of uh, SCU, because when I saw them pop up in an interview segment the other day with the belts, I forgot that they were champions. Because <laughs> they've they've just not really used them effectively. I'm, so. I'm not a huge SCU fan, especially yeah. given the depth of their tag division. SCU are just kind of well, they're old and they're just kind of bland. Yeah, 
Yeah. yeah. I completely agree with your point, Barry, of the MJF segment with him, like, young bucks come down and kicking him. Yes. Don't People were like, oh, well, you know, it's just a little bit, a bit. I was like, no, 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 no. Because it's like... For for those who didn't see uh, the show or what I what what I said about it, the MJF is just having this this segment where he's just he's being peak MJF. Like they've got this no touching rule with Cody, and he's cutting a promo, and Cody goes to grab the mic or take or MJF goes to hand it to him, and then he drops it, and Cody goes to pick it up, and MJF kicks it away like a prick, and it's like, oh, this is great, this is great, this is great, um, um. And and then like so MJF can't be touched and he's walking back up the rump the ramp all smug and then um the young bucks come from behind, they super kick him and they throw him into the pool. And you know, it's just a throwaway thing, a heel goes into the pool, but I was just like, eh. MGF is so good at this exact kind of angle. I, I think I think he should have been preserved. I think he should be an an untouched, uncompromised heel until Cody gets to break his face. Yeah, because that that's the payoff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. I agree. I agree. I agree. We all agree. Because yeah. then next week, MJF is even more of a shit-eating grin heel, you know? Mm. You can't touch me. You can't touch me. And if you already pay off that any of Cody's mates can touch him, then where's the tension to build to the match? Like, Yeah. You know, if... MJF doesn't get beat up next week. Why didn't they do it? Why where were the young bucks next week? You know, like it doesn't make sense for them to do it here, even if it was a a fun throwaway segment. Yeah, it it, it I agree that MJF should have been untouched by Cody or any of his cronies until the match. Yeah, that's the whole point. Uh, but I, I do uh, I, on the tag match as well. I did. Um, I've been critical of of the booking of both guys. I I think they've done a good job with this Hangman Omega team as well. I think it's not just good to to get the belts off SCU and put them on someone newer. I think they've given those two lads a, a much needed, interesting direction, and I like those little segments where, like it's it's a it's a little bit hammy acting wise, but I like that Hangman is obviously this overlooked guy in the elite because the other three. The, the Box and Kenny are the, they're the EVPs, they're the bigger stars, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, they're getting all the mic time and he's just he's just the guy there who's holding the belt. Um, I appreciated that a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, and also, I mean, more importantly than television show, I'm almost tempted to go on this cruise if it means I can just see John Moxley singing karaoke for what seems like 48 straight hours. <laughs> um, just completely wasted. Um, but, yeah. Uh, also caught up on the old Power uh, NWA, which I've I've been enjoying thoroughly, um, and I watched a little bit of the old pay per view. Um, I heard good things about the women's match, and let me tell you, lads, Allison K versus Thunder Rosa, <laughs> barn burner, absolute barn burner, better than I think any WWE women's match in um, quite quite some time. Um, so I might watch the rest of that pay per view soon. But yeah, NWA is is it's a it's a grand old time. It really is. Nice. Cool. And then, of course, uh, our own Jordan Devlin won the NXT Cruiserweight title on the World's Collide Show. Uh, did you watch the match? I saw a bit of it. I didn't watch the entire thing. <laughs> I, saw, I, I saw the greatest Canadian destroyer I've ever seen. Yes. Um, I saw, I'd say, yeah, I watched the last like five minutes of the match. Good job. 
Well done. Um, yeah, it was it was a fun match. It was a fun match, and I hope it's not just a. Uh, do it for the sake of having a change on this show and then take it off him the next day. I, I would be more inclined to watch NXT weekly uh, if we get Devlin there on a weekly basis, um, for sure. Um, so, yeah, enjoyed that quite a lot. Um, so I think that's going to about do it for this week's show. Um, uh, we got a lot of stuff in there. I, I I tell you what, obviously I did not watch the undercard, but I'm, I am intrigued by the Mania directions. So we will, you know... As we do every year on this show, we'll keep one eye on the WrestleMania build and we'll we'll weigh in as appropriate and, and uh, watch some of that show when it actually happens. So let's get into that time of year. Uh, thanks very much for listening, everybody. Um, uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, uh, I'll technically be home, but I don't know if I'll be up for doing a show because obviously I'll have... I, I will be arriving home from Liverpool and going straight to OTT and going straight then to the bus stop to come home to Limerick. Oh. So I'm I, I'm not sure I'll be in a podcasting health on Sunday. But uh, we'll have a show, of course, next week. Uh, Edge is going to be on Raw tonight, so we're going to have a follow-up on that. I'm interested to see how that goes. And, um, and yeah, so, you know, a lot of interesting directions coming up in the next few weeks. And, of course, you know, follow-up on AEW uh, on the boat and all that. So uh, until then... I'd say it's a farewell from me, Barry Murphy. It's goodbye from Joe Towner. Goodbye. And it's goodbye, Mr. Paul Griffin. Goodbye. Yeah!